with demand expected to come back, but the question remains, does this mean the economy is back on track? Companies now, after experimenting with offshore in places like India, Philippines, and Poland, want to bring those jobs back. We invest in the U.S. We're the biggest exporter in the country. In the cycle one right now, we're creating jobs. From Radio America, it's Neil Asbury's Made in America, the show that explores American industry large and small and promotes American-made products everywhere. Put Neil Asbury's Made in America to work for you. A very big welcome to you today. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman. Rich, we got an incredible show, absolutely incredible show, lots to go over. But, you know, we've been talking and we talked a lot last week about uh, the trade war and what's going on with the trade war, what's going on in China in this roller coaster we're on. And the, and the market was getting slammed. I mean, it was absolutely uh, tanking at the time. And it's amazing what a week can do. And uh, No, it's uh, amazing what a word can do. Uh, uh, words yeah, the, are tanking of, the market. The words and, words and, are tanking. In a, 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 a press release to say, hey, we're going to talk. And now, can you believe it, that the market is way up uh, it's it's at a one month high and it's already you know the market's performing very well so that's actually very good and it's only two percent less than two percent actually off of its all time high and despite you know the tariffs actually taking place they it wasn't like they were threatened I, I think with President Trump you know now that he doesn't threaten <laughs> it it's it's going to happen and he's not uh, he's not backing down. No, he, that's one thing about him. He doesn't back down. And if he believes in something, he's going to move forward with it. That's just the way it is. And amazing, too, that uh, the president came out this week. And I, and I think there's, there's truth to this. He said that the, the market would be 10,000 points higher without the trade war. So, I mean, he truly realizes that, you know, this is hurting the market. And it could be performing so much better if we weren't going through this. But he believes that if we don't go through this, this is the time. This is a life and death struggle. If not now, then when? And if we go back to the old way of doing things, it's just going to progressively get worse. And he's the guy to rise up to the challenge and get this thing done. But imagine, Rich, if he does get a deal, what's going to happen with the market? Well, what's going to happen with the market is going to be Christmas. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, the point of the thing that, that really intrigues me is his determination. The fact that he could say, hey, we could be 10,000 higher if you weren't doing a trade war, but I think it's worth it. I think it's important. If not now, when? So I, I just think he's one of the most determined presidents I've ever seen. And I think he's going to run on the market, and I believe that's you know in his back pocket right now what it could be. But where is the president at right now with the approval ratings? And you keep seeing these low 40s, and you know it doesn't matter what the guy does. It's in the low 40s. It's almost a foregone conclusion. Rasmussen comes out, and he's like at 50, right? But everybody else is at 40. I mean, that's a big... That's that's huge. And, you know, are these polls reliable? And, and a great American, a guy that I know, someone who I, I read his stuff all the time. I've been so fortunate to be published uh, by his his media group, um, Newsmax. And I'm on Newsmax all the time. That's where I go to get my news, Newsmax.com. But he's also now television. And so many great personalities are now on Newsback, uh, Newsmax TV. I mean, absolutely tremendously successful in the media, a great voice, a great voice for our nation. And he's just published a wonderful piece that explains this whole poll drama that's going on. We're very pleased to have with us Christopher Ruddy, CEO of Newsmax Media, which includes Newsmax.com 
in Newsmax TV. You could watch him. You could see him actually talk about this if you want to refer back to it. Why are these polls not right? Welcome to Made in America, Chris. Neil, thanks for having me on. It's an honor. So we're really pumped up here and you know we're we're always jazzed up every week and watching what's going on in our country and you know it really gets our hearts going and you know so much important things are going on and people are going to make a big decision here in 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 another year and a few months time and a lot of us are watching these polls and and they just seem to be stuck in the low 40s but you dug into this and 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 you've come up with some real facts and and fact-based analysis on why these polls are are likely wrong and the president should be polling at 48 50 or maybe even above 50 percent can you tell us about your 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 research and what you discovered i think i've had the experience you and many of your listeners have had like why the president has all these accomplishments the greatest economy in in modern times basically record unemployment all across the board great stock market and yet he's always stuck on national polls at about 42 percent and it's a little frustrating i'm sure for him um and certainly for people that support him like myself and like you but you start asking yourself is there something wrong with these polls and first off i started looking at this and i discovered that most of these polls are registered voter polls they're not polls of likely voters which they usually do around election day So um, one of the president's pollsters said to me, the president usually does four or five points better with likely voters, that people are actually going to come out to vote. Democrats are known for really building up their voter registration and not showing up to vote. And uh, the Republicans are a little more diligent in that, especially off election years. Um, So the president has a very motivated base, for instance. Maybe they're more motivated to turn up than his uh, critics. Certainly, I think we saw that in 2016. So I looked at it. All of these polls are registered voters. If you now did at 42 percent approval with a registered voter group, if it was likely, it might be at 47, 48 percent. So you're very close to the 50 mark. And then add in another wrinkle, Neil, which is that they're oversampling Democratic voters. And the president says this. So I started looking at the data. And the most recent Reuters poll, which had the president at 42, they had of the 961 people they surveyed, 47 percent were Democrats. 38 percent were Republicans. So they gave Democratic survey respondents nine percentage points more than Republicans. And you could say, well, they vote more often or they're, they're a larger block in the country. The only problem is that the data shows that there's maybe a three to four point edge of Democratic voters over Republican in the country. So they're doubling the amount of the margin in favor of the Democrats. And, and that will have a huge impact on any poll result. Any pollster will tell you that. And that's why I think the president is over 50 percent. You know, Chris, let me ask you, this is Rich. Uh, good, good to have you on the show, by the way. Do, if you think about it, what do the polls really mean in, in 2016? I mean, right up until 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, the night of the election, the polls are saying it's impossible, can't happen. All the talking heads were coming through on, on the channel saying it can't happen. And the reality of it is the polls were points and points and points off from the reality of where they needed to be. So I don't, do the people out there, Chris, really believe the national polls 
given the fact they know that the the national media, with the exception of a handful, are so prejudiced against this president? Well, Rich, a really good point you make. First off, there is one poll that's been pretty consistent, was accurate in 2016, the Rasmussen poll. And they typically show the president with about a 50 percent approval rating, closer to the number I'm suggesting. Um, so that's just for starters. Um, I think that the people that are reading the polls very carefully, the Democrats that want to be president or that were thinking about running for president, if they thought the president was very weak in their numbers, you would have seen some really heavyweight Democrats come out. They have a lot of fringe candidates running. They really have people on the far left, people certainly not qualified to be president. The mayor of South Bend, Indiana, for instance, and a business guy here and there. I mean, it's sort of a, a joke field. Let's just say that. And and they had to bring Joe Biden out of retirement. Essentially, he's almost 80 to run, and he's considered the heavyweight. Um, and I think the Democrats that are in Washington read the polls, and they know that these polls are understating the president's support. And that's what's scaring a lot of them off. So the the truth is that the insiders know the facts, even though the people out in, in America might be, some of them be skewed by the stuff they're hearing from the big media that the president has low ratings. But Chris, aren't, aren't these pollsters who are you know, who are progressives and liberals, obviously, you know, a lot of these polls coming out are it's, it's basically predictions of what they want it to be, not the reality of what it is. But aren't they doing their constituents a disservice? Because, I mean, if you're a Democrat now and you see that Pre- President Trump is losing to Biden by 12 points or whatever it is. Oh, well, I don't have to go to vote. I mean, this guy, yeah, he's toast. You know, he's, they got this false sense of security that he's losing and he's losing big. So, you know, it's going to be it's counterintuitive. But these polls are actually hurting the people who want to see the president defeated. It's not helpful and hurts his image and hurts his standing and maybe creates a sense that he is in low numbers and that other people should feel negative about him. Even uh, I've always say with this president, you got to look at the results. You know, whether you like what he tweets or not, that's really, um, you know, debatable. And it's an issue that, you know, concerns people. But what is the president supporting a strong economy? Is he supporting a strong military and security and national security defense? And I think on those issues, he's doing a good job. And then when you add up the reform issues, cleaning up Washington, draining the swamp, massive deregulation, I think he's doing a good job. And then you see the trade issues. I think he's doing a really good job by holding China accountable. He wants to rebalance trade. So generally, you know, the exit poll out of the 2016 election or a number of recent polls, they'll ask people, what what do you think the president's doing well? And invariably, they say he's handling the economy well. Hey, 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 Chris, we're going to take a quick, a quick, quick, quick break. We're on with Chris Ruddy, who's the CEO of Newsmax Media. Uh, a, a great conversation. We still have some important topics to cover. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us. Made in America. to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman, and we're on with 
Chris Ruddy, who's the CEO of Newsmax Media. That's where I go to get my news. I'm on the site four or five times a day, maybe more. A great place to go and read and see all types of opinions, not just on politics, but finance and many, many other topics. Uh, that's going to be very interesting to you. Chris is the one who put it all together, and it's really blossomed, and it's really grown. And if you go there and see the contributors and the people who are writing and speaking and on Newsmax TV and the distribution of Newsmax TV and, and what's happened with that, it's absolutely amazing. A great place for Americans to go to get their news and to kind of hone in on their thoughts. So, Chris, uh, you're with the president a lot, and, and, and I love to see that, and you travel with him, and you're around, and you're around him a lot, and you see him up close. I mean, a lot of us, I mean, we've, we don't have that luxury. We don't have that privilege. He's gotten attacked, and you brought it up so much. I mean, he's gotten attacked so unfairly in, in all of the, the, the fake stuff that comes out, and, and, and just these attacks, ruthless attacks, just relentless over and over again. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Just hit the guy every every which way you can so my question to you is you know it, any normal person i mean it would just over time just wear you down but it doesn't seem to happen with this with this president with donald trump he seems to get energized from it so how how does he deal with that well look he's a guy that likes controversy he likes fighting he's a fighter and so he enjoys he's he's ready for battle and um, he has been, you know, very strong, and he's not afraid of these guys. So he, uh, and, and you know, when I do see him in person, I think he's uh, he's not like wild. He's not angry. He's just him. He's he's Donald Trump, very friendly guy, very affable. Um, the media likes to take a few clips where he's saying something strong and blow it out of proportion, or something sometimes that he might be saying rather facetiously or funny, and try to make it seem like he's being serious or what have you. But at the end of the day, I think the public knows his persona is a little different. They know he's not a politician. They're willing to accept him for who who, who he is. Who does does he have any, you know, like you, you brought up about the Democrat primary and it's a lot of fringe candidates. I mean, you personally, do you see a big threat there who's someone who you kind of least lose sleep over? Well, I don't think any of the current field can defeat Donald Trump. So I'm not losing sleep over anyone. I don't think he thinks that he any of the candidates can defeat him. Um, and I, I, Elizabeth I think Warren, I mean, day. she's she's pretty articulate. I mean, she's she's coming across in the debates of having some real policy uh, uh, there and, and all right. the free stuff. Yeah, except she's for the problem a, that with all the free stuff and all the the uh, the leftist ideas, she can't pull in regular America. He, she cannot pull in middle America. She can pull in the coast. She will not pull in those who are in the flyover states. She's just not going to do that. What do you think, Chris? I think that she's look. She came out in the debate and said she wants to abolish all private health care in the United States. And do you want your private insurance to be abolished on a government program? Do you want your health insurance to be run like the post office? I don't think so. I think that you know she's she's got some real issues, and um, and she's probably the real front runner after Biden. So um, she's got a sort of radical positioning on a number of things. Um, so she wants to pay off everybody's student loan in the country. That's $1.3 trillion. I don't think um, 
that would be a sensible thing. I do think student loans need to be relieved in some way, reformed, fixed. Uh, but to just pay off everybody's loans, um, I think would be unfair for all the people that have paid off their loans that worked two or three jobs to do it or, or did so over many years. I think with all of the stuff going on in these uh, debates, why would you pay any student debt right now? Why would you pay any medical bills right now? They're going to just, uh, you know, they're going to forgive all medical debt. They're going to forgive all education debt. You know, why would you pay anything? But, Chris, in the short period of time that we have left, what is the future of Newsmax and Newsmax TV, which is, you know, well, which is, is doing incredibly well? Yeah, you know, people, the president has says we need a new news channel, cable news channel, and he's tired of Fox. We all know Fox is changing. It's got a lot more liberal hosts, a lot more critics of the president. Newsmax TV is booming. We're on every major cable system around the country. You just Comcast, Xfinity, we're on DirecTV, Dish, Fios, Uverse, Charter Spectrum. Um, you know, even Cox is going to be putting us on soon. Uh, Optimum, Suddenlink. Just look up your channel guide for Newsmax TV. You'll find us. Go to NewsmaxTV.com. You can find us there. We'll link to where the different cable channels. We're having people like Bill O'Reilly's on uh, several times a week. Mike Huckabee now has a show several times a week. Michelle Malkin, Alan Dershowitz comes on all the time. A lot of the people you might be familiar with, Fox, but I think we're more fair and balanced with the president getting his point of view out that the media isn't telling. And, and we're booming, and we're in 70 million cable homes. Um, and people can, as I said, look us up online, NewsmaxTV.com. But um, I think it's the future, and it's really important the country not rely just on Fox News going forward. And it, absolutely incredible. And, and, and I've been there you know, from the very beginning, and I, you published a lot of my pieces. And, you know, it was a very different Newsmax than it is today. And, and, I've, and I've witnessed it as an insider uh, in writing for you. And it's just absolutely amazing. Well done and very much needed in our country. Chris, you're doing an incredible job. Uh, God bless you. And keep it up. Keep up and the good fight. We need you. Work, we need Neil you very and, much. You too, Neil and Rich. Thank you for having me on. And uh, God bless your work. And let's keep in touch. Thanks. Uh, Chris Ruddy, CEO of Newsmax Media. Hey, Rich, we got a, we got a great uh, discussion coming up about one of your favorite people, Mayor de Blasio. We're going to have a discussion about him. And there's a piece published in The Hill. Uh, by Gene Marks from the Marks Group, Mayor de Blasio, the small business killer. We're going to discuss that next. You don't want to miss it. Made in America. Stocks continued to perform well over the course of the day Tuesday. And I think that bodes well here over the next couple of years for having bigger demands coming to this country. Now, more of Neil Asbury's Made in America. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman. It was so wonderful to have Chris Ruddy on the show. I mean, it's was really great. I mean, it, it, very articulate, very smart. I mean, if you see the guy and what he's done in his education and, and the things he's done in, in Newsmax and, and how that's basically, you know, mushroomed into this massive media organization. And it's happened quickly because, as I said, I started writing for them at the very beginning. 
and it wasn't anywhere near what they are today. You were you were knocking out a piece every week, uh, every week, every and, week, and I did it for a few years. And uh, so, you know, I've published a lot of pieces. In fact, if you go uh, there and you look at the insiders and you'll see uh, every piece that I've wrote is 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 archived there. Um, but he's given a lot of a lot of writers, a lot of uh, writers such as myself that would not have a voice otherwise if there wasn't for Newsmax. I mean, so it's not just about him and, and all the work that he does and what he did with the polls just recently and tearing that apart, but giving voice to a lot of great people that otherwise would not have a voice. Well, it's also, I would think, it's also the confluence of uh, Donald Trump becoming the president of the United States. That's not hurt. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the, but the point is that, you know, we said many years ago, we need somebody to come in on the horse and, and be the lone ranger, so to speak, and save the day. And we need somebody outside the system. So Trump comes along and he fits the bill. And, and we predicted, I predicted for sure on many of our shows that he would win the election. And he did. But at the same time that happened, the entire media landscape changed. And we we need somebody to get back on that horse and be the next Lone Ranger and do that in media. And, and, and Chris fits that bill. He gives exactly what you just said, another wheelhouse for guys like us and you with all your writing and all the books that you write, Neil, an opportunity to get that voice out there because we have a lot of starved people that want to hear it. That's Excellent. what Chris Wright is doing. Well, well said. You like that? I hope that I he, thought that went well. I hope he listened to I that. hope he did, too. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, Rich, you grew up in New York City. I grew yes. up across the river in the great state of New Jersey. And we love New York. We, we both love New York. I mean, the metropolitan New York area and the city. And it just kills me when you got a mayor like de Blasio. I mean, absolutely insane guy, uh, a real fringe guy. And not only is he not satisfied with taking on the police, the people in uniform who are out there keeping that city safe, and that's no small task, making their job so much harder, and then, you know, creating problems for them when they're trying to do their jobs and they're in very dangerous situations. But but small businesses and, and the things that he is doing to small businesses, and if the Democrat or any of the Democrats, I don't care which one, I don't care if Bill Clinton was a nominee and he eventually gets elected president, the platform of the Democrats have gone so far left. This is bad, bad, bad news for the American entrepreneur, bad news for small businesses, inventors, risk takers, all those folks who create our jobs and, cre and keep us safe and keep us prosperous. Because after all, it's all those tax dollars that go into the U.S. Treasury that pays for our military and keeps us safe. Right. So if you break that chain, it's very, very ugly, very, very fast. Our next guest, Gene Marks, from the Marks Group, published a piece in The Hill, and he's publishing all the time. And we're talking about the piece that he just recently did in The Hill um, called, and it's entitled, Mayor de Blasio, the Small Business Killer. Now, Rich, that is very direct. <laughs> that is very direct. I, I think, I think it's lead. stop right there. He just Anything. defined it. He is the business killer. You could put that. He's a city a, killer. You could put that on a trucker's hat, and you would know exactly what the Democrats will do. We're very pleased to have with us right now, Gene Marks. Gene, welcome to Made in America. Having me on, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you're from the New York area, both of you, because I'm, I'm down the road in Philly. So we're, we're not going to get into a Mets-Phillies conversation during this segment, okay? Now, I'll give your number now, to Gene, my wife. She's from Philly. But, Gene, I have a manufacturing <laughs> company that I have several hundred employees in Avondale, Pennsylvania, just a little bit south uh -huh. of you. So 
I, I, I love both places uh, very well. I'm very conflicted. Yeah, no, I understand. You know, it's funny, too. I mean, being in Philadelphia, we're just, uh, you know, as we're from New York, and I have a lot of clients in the New York area. And uh, I have to tell you guys, you know, I, I go into New York, you know, frequently. And uh, I, I got to shake my head when I, when I, when I visit clients. You know, this is in all the boroughs in New York City. It is really tough to run a small business in New York City. I mean, I have employees, and I'm based in Philly. And uh, thank God. I'm not running a business in, in New York. It is, it's become tougher and tougher uh, to make a profit and to even sustain. And uh, we're seeing a lot of businesses shut down and move locations. And the reason you know, why, which is what prompted me to write that piece for The Hill, is that um, it really is de Blasio and his policies that are driving so many businesses out of that city. And, and just to give you some examples, I mean, if you're a small business in New York City, um, you're faced now with, with mandated paid sick time that you have to provide to your employees, mandated family leave, mandated paid time off. You have to tell your employees in advance, at least a week in advance, when you're scheduling time um, for them, because God forbid if a schedule should change, because, gee, things always go to plan when you're running a business, right? Um, minimum Absolutely. wages, they're now scheduled to go up to $15 an hour next year. Uh, there are new regulations for lactation in the workplace, anti-harassment rules, and this is my favorite. There, there's now, you know, a, starting in 2021, a congestion, congestion, excuse me, pricing toll where, you know, people coming into the city, particularly truckers, are, are going to be paying somewhere around 14 bucks an hour, you know, extra as a, as a toll to come into Manhattan, particularly, you know, lower Manhattan. So if you're a business there, you know, and you're trying to accept deliveries and do business there, you're now, you're now facing with, with, with suppliers that are going to be more reluctant to come and deliver to you because they're going to have added costs as well. All of these things has added up. Um, and then just recently, as I'm, you know, as I'm, as I'm doing this research for this article and, and, you know, considering what the impact is, suddenly it, it comes to my attention about real estate property taxes in New York have increased 72 percent since 2009. I mean, if you the average real estate property tax that's paid by a typical small merchant has increased from 46,000 to almost 79,000 in just the past, you know, 7 or 8 years. Um, I mean, that's 6500 bucks a month just for taxes. Is so that just that, is that just for a small little shop that's what the real estate taxes yeah. are? Yeah, that is what it is on average um, for for merchants across New York City. Obviously, some people will pay more and some people are paying less. But all of these things are, are adding up to uh, what the Gothamists, which is a, you know, a, a local New York publication, is calling a, a vacancy crisis. Um, as more and more small businesses um, in all the boroughs are they're fleeing New York City and they're, they're taking jobs with them. And, you know, when I when I talk about this stuff online, I get a lot of people saying, well, you know, these businesses should take care of their employees and they should do, you know, you know, the right thing and they should pay, provide paid time off and sick time and all of that. And and I agree. Smart business owners do that. And, and smart people that are trying to grow their companies or, or run a nice business, they, we, we understand the importance of our employees. But having the government mandate us to do that particularly if we're just not in a financial position to afford it, 
um, it's going to make us leave or it's going to make us go out of business. And then those same employees that are crying for more time off or flexible scheduling, they don't have a job at all. So this yeah. is what it's all coming hey, down uh, to, and, uh, and it's a bad situation. Gene, we're going to take a quick break. We're on with uh, Gene Marks from the Marks Group, and he's got a piece in the Hill Mayor de Blasio, the small business killer. We're going to continue to talk about that, but many, many more things to talk about. Stay with us. You don't want to miss it. Dr. Rothman is dying to get into this conversation. Made in America. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman. And we're joined with Gene Marks from the Marks Group. We're talking about small businesses in New York City being forced out of town. They just can't afford to be there. Just overregulated, cost, 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 escalating. They can't increase the cost of their services to their customers. How do you, how do you balance that? Many of them cannot, and they leave town. Rich, you grew up in New York. What do you feel? Well, you know, I grew up in New York, and we actually had, well, when I was a kid, I remember Mayor Robert Wagner. Wow. Well, that's a <laughs> what blast I said from the when past. I was, yeah, that's a blast from the past. But he, he was very pro-business. Uh, he, he worked well with the unions, which means he probably worked well with the mob. But, um, but we had really good mayors along the way. I'm not so sure about Dinkins being a great mayor. But certainly Giuliani came in, and he understood what needed to be done to save the city. It seems like we've taken, you know, three decades back steps um, as it relates to what's happening with de Blasio. But, Gene, I mean, here we have a, you know, a lame duck uh, mayor. I mean, he's done. This is his uh, last year of his last term. Am I right on that? Did I get that right? It is, and he is. Um, so he doesn't care, does he? he? He's gone. He There's nothing he can do to him. He's certainly behaving like one. He's been in office something like, you know, one day over the past few months. Uh, he's out campaigning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gene, you're um, right. He's really I mean, not running the city. He's been in in the last month, and it's all over the Internet. Pick any of them, Fox, whatever, Washington Examiner. Seven hours of work in the month. Since he lost his presidential bid, I mean that Gene, that's just bloody outrageous that he's not there. Yeah. You have one of the highest unemployment, uh, uh, homelessness rather, on the streets of New York in the entire country, at least on the East Coast, and he's not there to deal with this. This is so contrary to anything Giuliani did to get to clean up that city and make it thrive, which, by the way, is great for business. Couldn't agree with you more. And and you, just to so you know, when you run a business in New York, I mean, listen, there's there's a lot of lot of opportunity in New York City. And if you can make it there, they say you can make it anywhere. But Thanks, it Frank. Is, it's a it's a competitive landscape, and uh, there are a lot of people fighting over uh, the same amount of customers. And when you start throwing in some of these added costs on businesses, look, the large companies can handle this. Smaller companies can't. Um, and, you know, and, and de Blasio and not just him, but his city council, um, you know, they, they drive away employers like Amazon. Uh, they raise, you know, wages, uh, minimum wages and, and requirements for small businesses that are struggling. It's a very, very difficult place to do business right now, which provides a lot of opportunity for, you know, Republican contenders uh, in the next mayoral election. I know they're going to get the small business vote. That's for sure. So, Gene, uh, to, to change gears a little bit. Um, let's talk about China and what's going on with our trade war 
with China. And, you know, the market seems to have taken a big, big dive uh, a, a week ago. But, you know, with a couple of uh, press releases, it looks like the market is at least feeling like they're talking and maybe something's going to happen. I think President Trump even said himself that the market would be up 10,000 points if it wasn't for the trade war. I mean, if, if the market was up 10,000 points, th- there's no way that he would ever lose reelection. I mean, that's I mean, it's like it's like over with. I mean, if he's able to accomplish that, he thinks he can if the trade war was settled. There's but there's but there's also a lot of headwinds against a deal getting done. Um, where do you stand on this? What do you see? Oh, well, guys, I, here's what I say. And and. Definitely feet on the ground here. My company, my company does technology services. We have about 600 active clients um, around the country, and I deal with and, and speak to and write for thousands of other small business owners. And guys, I have to tell you something. I mean, for decades, decades, my clients, people that run small businesses that have been doing business with China, have complained bitterly about the unfair trading landscape that there is uh, between the U.S. and China, bitterly, about you know the, the tariffs, about the stealing of technology, about the requirements of having Chinese quote-unquote partners, about their currency manipulations, about the dumping of products and, and the government behind Chinese suppliers that's propping up their prices so they can undercut American, you know, American businesses. This has been going on for decades. And finally, there is a president in office right now who is willing to stand up and, and fight for this. And China, by some, some aspects, are, are a bigger economy now than the U.S. and surely are expected to be a bigger economy sometime in our lifetimes. And if we don't have this battle now, we are going to lose it forever for our, our kids and our grandkids. And that is the sentiment of the business owners that I talk to. And, you know, one other thing, I mean, listen, the average age of the U.S. small business owner is about 52 years old. And many of us, most of us in our generation, we have not had wars, for goodness sake. We have not gone through the pain and suffering that our, our grandparents did. This is a war, and thank God nobody is, is dying because of this war. But sure, there's going to be some pain and suffering in a war. And if that means paying a few dollars extra for an iPhone, for God's sake, so that we can get our trade balance together and, and come to some agreement with, with China, uh, you know, I see most, if not all, of my business clients they're willing to put up with a lot more, a lot more pain to get this thing done. And I think the president knows that, too. Hey, Gene, thanks for being on the show. I mean, uh, the two two great uh, uh, conversations on de Blasio and then something very different on China. Very, very articulate, very clear. We love your voice. Thanks for being on their show and do come back. Gene Marks from the Marks Thanks for Group. having me on, guys. Coming up, Dr. Rothman and I are going to have some final thoughts for the day. Made in America. Welcome to Made in America. I'm your host, Neil Asbury, together with co-host Dr. Rich Rothman. Rich, I can't believe that uh, the, the, the time has just flown by, but we've had some really, really great discussions today. But to pick off, pick up from where we just left off, 
um, about Americans making sacrifice. Now, we talk about the greatest generation, right? And we talk about right. that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after that, there was the Korean War. And, and let me tell you, you watch what the the American soldier went through in the Korean War. I mean, it was really, really hard. Oh, it was horrible there. Horrible. My father fought in the Korean War. Yeah. And, um, you know, that war, I mean, it doesn't get the the publicity like World War II, but it was nasty and a lot of sacrifice. And then the Vietnam War, you know, something much more contemporary for us. And how these brave soldiers went over there and they fought. They fought because that's what they told. They were told that they had to do, you know, to fight for democracy, to fight for freedom, to prevent the domino theory. The of domino effect, exactly. Of, 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 of these countries falling to communism. You know, first it was Vietnam, then Laos and Cambodia and Thailand and Malaysia and the Philippines and Indonesia. It, it would just be all communist. And these men went over there, and and they suffered, and they fought, and so many did not come home. Fifty-two thousand Americans did not come home, and and then once they got home, you know, it was well, they were not treated horribly. They were, they were treated, treated horribly. They were spit on. And t- horrible, horrible, horrible. And think about the sacrifice of that generation. We don't talk about it, but they were so mistreated after sacrificing so much and coming home to that sort of reception. Absolutely terrible. A very sad part of American history. So now you get to the trade war, and we use the word war, war, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War. Now we're in a trade war. And, you know, where's the sacrifice? So Gene just talked about, you know, are Americans willing to sacrifice in a trade war for the good of the country? And, you know, that's a big struggle because I don't think a lot of people see it in those terms. No, they don't. And, 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 and it really upsets me, by the way. And I'm glad Gene brought that up. That well, you know, I mean, this is. Listen to the, any of the the talk news hosts on on the on business talk. Well, what is it? It's always Trump's trade war. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's Trump's it's, trade Trump's war. trade. It's almost as if it's these, Trump's trade war. I mean, without this, without Trump, there would be no trade war. It's, it's not China's fault. It's Evidently, Trump's they're saying it's Trump's war. fault, as if it's his fault. And so. It, in, in that he created this war for his own which, purpose. Which has been going on for over 30 years. They've been stealing intre- intellectual so property. Can, so everybody can stay in a Trump hotel. So, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's another whole story. We're going to talk about that. But but seriously thinking, you know, that generation you just spoke about and all those other generations sacrificed, actually going back to the Revolutionary War, what men and women, mostly men in those days, sacrificed. And I am sure my father, who fought in World War II and actually was gone for four and a half years, really wanted to come home and stop the sacrifice. He's a Depression child, too. You know, but he did it because he, he believed in his country. He didn't get drafted. He signed up. And, and when I hear people say, well, I don't know, I may, it may cost me $150 more to buy an iPhone. So what? So what? So it costs you 150 more, and you're doing something to protect the rights of this country and the equality of, of, of trade on a global basis and stop the enemy of this country, which is China, from stealing jobs from us, money from us, a, a, a better life for our, for our folks over here, maybe getting people off the streets. Better yet, Neil, stopping the production of fentanyl, which is killing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people every year in the United States with a Chinese pharmaceutical product. So is it worth maybe $1,000 more for a car? I'd pay it any day of the week. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a very very touchy situation. Um, you know, Americans though vote with their pocketbooks. You know, you've heard that a lot. Uh, table uh, issues, tabletop issues. You know, sitting there at home, um, you know, trying to divvy up the dollars in order to live your life, and um, costs, prices, very sensitive, very very sensitive for Americans. Um, we're going to hear a lot more about it because I don't think this is going away. Um, as, as Gene said, we're going to be in this for a while. But I just got to get to this really, really quickly about the um, the CNN debate. And we just got a few <laughs> moments left. But Cory Booker says that that veganism, it's it's all about veganism. That's right. We all got to become vegans now. Mm-hmm. Isn't well, it? he knows better. He said everyone should be a vegan. Because, it, it, because beef and meats are the cause of global warming. Global warming. Climate change, it's all caused now, because we have cows. Now, connect the dots. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unfortunately, Rich, we're, we're going to have time. to end it there. Yep. Boy, this is a topsy-turvy world. But, Rich, wonderful to be with you. Great, great show. But don't be sad because we're going to be on again next week for another adventure of Made in America where we never stop fighting for your jobs. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.